You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum, and I am an artist and a healing energy facilitator. This week, as I mentioned in previous episodes, I am going to be talking about the book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Today's episode is going to be just kind of an intro. Within this book, there are three books. Today, I'm going to cover book one and a little bit of why I was drawn to this book. One of the things I want to address, though, is that in this book, he talks about how basically you just need to do the thing and that it's a choice to resist, really. But I just want to say that this mindset is in a lot of self-help books. A lot of those are where I have in the past read that specific mindset of it just being about choices and not really acknowledging all of the reasons why things might be more difficult, especially when it comes to like entrepreneurship or getting started on something manifesting, any of those things. There are books that do have that tough love, but at the same time, they offer context of the emotional or conditioned reasons why we don't do it or why it's difficult when you are in a space to do these things. There may be times when you have a lot going on and it's just not going to happen, or you may have some trauma or conditioning or circumstances that are preventing you from having the same ease that the author or whoever is in the more privileged place has when they are explaining their perspectives. Reading this book made me realize I now have such a deeper understanding of myself, so I'm not going to receive those words in a way that makes me feel bad about myself, regardless of what I'm talking about or what book you're reading or what podcast you're listening to, if something just feels like it's not e as easy for you or it's not as accessible to you, that is not a reflection on you. You're just listening to someone's perspective who has a different lived experience and a different maybe level of privilege or a level of access to whatever that material is. Now, with that being said, obviously, I did really appreciate a lot of the points in this book or I wouldn't be sharing it with you. But I just wanted to share that the subtitle of the book is Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles. It's not always about external circumstances, and it also gives you the lens of knowing that whatever the battles are that are coming up here, your external circumstances can make it so that even when you're trying to win these battles, it just may not happen. And I think that's important to keep in mind that this is only a guide for what you can do to control your own mindset and your own actions, and that sometimes you still will have external circumstances that prevent it from manifesting in the way that it should, and that's not on you. Anywho, I did intend for this to be a very positive episode, and it will be, 
he breaks down a little bit at the beginning where he's coming from and what he does and what resistance he's talking about. And he is a writer, so he is talking about overcoming his resistance around writing. And the one point that he made that I think really resonates with me was that writing isn't the hard part. It's sitting down to write that's hard. That's where the resistance comes in. And for me, I do feel like it's the same thing. I have a hard time getting started on a task, which I think is partly ADHD, but also just being a creative person. It's difficult to have the blank page, the blank canvas, whatever it might be that is your creative thing. It can be in business and healing work when we're talking about creativity or writing or whatever the art is. It's anything that you do that is creative where you are making creative decisions and creating something, whatever it is that requires you to show up and create. And that really just resonated because it's totally true for me. Even just going downtown to read a book, it's leaving the house that's the hard part. Once I'm walking and I get there, I'm having the time of my life. The same with art. Once I get the idea and the inspiration, it just all flows. But it's that initial step of getting started. That's why I really wanted to read this book, because as you all know, I've been talking about getting back into doing art for months now. And it's just been a really challenging process. And I've been learning a lot about myself. And so I haven't been allowing it to be something that is making me feel defeated. And going back to last week's episode on disappointment, it's not something that I'm really feeling as a disappointment each time I don't do it. It's just more of a curiosity of like, okay, well, I tried. Like, why is nothing coming through? Let me just think into like where this resistance might be coming from. So as we go along through this book and the next few episodes, I'm going to be doing an episode per book. And there are three books within this book. So I do want you to just consider for yourself maybe what the project or art is that you're thinking of and then where resistance is coming up for you or what resonates for you as we go through. There's a part that he starts with called the unlived light. And this, before I even read the chapter, I just sat with the title. I just sat down and was like, the unlived life. That feels how I feel when I don't do the thing that I know very well I could do. And it scares me more than anything else, I think, in the world. I mentioned in several episodes that stagnation is my biggest fear. And I learned that in a reading and it kind of came out automatically. And I think that's really tied to this. My biggest fear is that I won't do the things I meant to do in this lifetime. And I'll just keep having like a Groundhog Day situation. I think that's probably my biggest fear is waking up to the same day every day. And I think there is something to having stability and structure and feeling safe. That's one thing. But I mean, in a creative sense, he talks about how we have this unlived life within us. And that is really just resistance that stands between us and doing the thing, living that dream life we have in mind. Of course, that resonates because I feel the resistance as a physical sensation. And it manifests for me as distracting myself with like a million other things. Even this week, there were two different times when I had to either edit a podcast, which for me is like a creative thing going through it or starting 
my newsletter, for example, and I will do incredibly dull things that I avoid like the plague when that comes up. For example, I went through two of my email addresses, my two main ones, and I had a combined like probably 40 to 50,000 emails, thousand. And when I was avoiding doing these other tasks, I created filters, labels, sorted, deleted. I have empty primary inboxes in both of those email accounts, except whatever I'm currently working on. But like everything is sorted and has a filter. And if things come in that aren't, I'm making a filter right away. I did the disappointment episode, but I was avoiding that episode. And I feel like it's because a lot came through in that episode. I was afraid that it wouldn't turn out, it wouldn't convey what I feel. And a lot of it is that I feel in my soul and in my energy, I feel the message. And sometimes the words just don't match it. And it's hard for my brain to process it. If I feel really strongly about an episode, I do feel resistance because the words are not going to reflect how it feels for me. There is a resistance that comes up. So that's what happened. But now I got in the flow and I'm recording this episode because I sat down and I started. And again, it had a deadline because Tuesdays are when I put my episodes out and today is Monday. So guess what? Here we are. I did actually write down some specific quotes here. The first quote is, late at night, have you experienced a vision of the person you might become, the work you could accomplish, the realized being you are meant to be? Are you a writer who doesn't write, a painter who doesn't paint, an entrepreneur who never starts a venture? Then you know what resistance is. That's that profound feeling when I read The Unlived Life, that sentence, because like I said, it haunts me to my very core. There are things that I, again, in my energy and my soul, I know the things I need to do, but I don't know what that looks like in the real world. I don't know what that looks like in practice. And that's my fear is that I'll never make that connection. But the resistance is like the resistance to just trying things that don't necessarily feel 100% yet. My brain wants to wait until I'm in a space where I can see the full vision of the thing. And even in business, it's like you want to know what the offering is going to look like and you want to have the marketing materials and all of that. But to be honest, most of the things that are the most successful for me are the ones where I just am like, I'm going to try it. And I just put it out there. Sometimes only one person signs up, but it ends up feeling better than sitting on it for a long time. In a big picture thing, I feel like I want to make this impact, but the resistance stops me from doing the steps that are required to get to that point. The next quote that I wrote down was, to yield to resistance deforms our spirit. It stunts us and makes us less than we are and we're born to be. Every time we allow resistance to distract us or keep us from that thing, it just eats away at us in a way where eventually that's where this does tie into disappointment, where it's like we get just to the point of resentment with ourselves or regret. We feel like we can't trust ourselves anymore. When we continually disappoint ourselves, it moves past the point of being a disappointment because that means you have unrealistic expectations of some sort, but it also just ends up being really disheartening, right? That disillusionment. But 
you can come back from that when it's something that means so much for you. When you reconnect to why you want to do it or that big picture vision, you can pull yourself back into try again. And I did say that in the episode. I did preface that episode with saying that you can keep trying. Even when you get to that point of resentment or regret, you can make the choice to try and prioritize it again. It's not like you run out of times to try. We're here for a lifetime. We don't know how long it's going to be. So why not try again if you have the opportunity? He also talks in this introduction part about how when someone is given the diagnosis of like a terminal illness or something, it really changes their whole perspective of what's important. And I think, like I said, that connecting to the why is what happens where you see the big picture and you're like, it's not too late. It's important to keep in mind that we can do that at any point, at any point we can choose and have that feeling of urgency. I'm feeling it right now, like very strong in my chest. It's actually kind of a little overwhelming now that I'm talking about it. You can connect back to that energy just from putting it in that perspective. I feel it right now. I want to turn this off and go and pull out my art supplies, which is a good thing. We don't have to wait because we don't know how long we're going to be here. So we don't have to wait before we start to find ways to embody that version of ourselves. The quote that I have here is, every sun casts a shadow and genius's shadow is resistance. So this shadow side of it is often where we start to see addictions and all of these other things. Like I said, even me cleaning out my inbox is an avoidance, right? It's a resistance to actually showing up in that realized version of who I want to be. I think these addictions show up when our soul is like dying to do the thing and we're not doing it, it needs another outlet. It gets to us more than we think it does. We might think that it's based on like current circumstances, but sometimes it's just that we're feeling so unfulfilled. And again, disappointment, fulfillment, that whole thing. And something that I think he takes to the extreme is that he says that a lot of pharmaceuticals and psychiatrists, jails, all of these things are not needed if we have the power to stand behind our dream. But I don't believe that's true. I think that all of us have things that we need to work out. This is one of the things I was talking about where he takes a very extreme stance on things, but I think there's a lot more nuance to it. But I do believe that we can find tools to help us move away from the addictions and the other distractions into the things we want to do, but that is a very personal healing process. I think healing has a lot to do with this. And he does have points later on that you will appreciate. This one particular point, I was like, that's a little extreme, but I do think that we can find a lot of healing through doing what we want to do and what we're meant to do in life. So book one is Resistance, Defining the Enemy. And he says that any act that comes from a higher nature elicits resistance because we avoid anything that is like long-term growth, right? We want instant gratification. If it's something that we know is going to take us a really long time, the resistance will come up immediately. It's like, that's a long-term commitment. I don't want to do that. That's going to be hard. And we just somehow end up giving in. I feel like this relates to that quote where it's like, the time will pass anyway. That's what comes to mind. But he talks about how it is kind of invisible. It's in our energy field. We don't really notice it. Even though it seems like it's something external, we feel like there's something 
keeping us from doing things. It's very much an internal and insidious process. And it's something we have to keep in mind, though, that even though it's part of us, like it's within us, it's not personal to us. It's not our true selves. It's like how we talk about the ego sometimes, how the ego tries to keep us safe, but is in that process preventing us from growth. Anytime you are feeling resistance, he says in here that it's infallible because it points us directly to our calling. Whatever you are resisting, it's pointing you to what you actually want to do usually, right? And so a quote here that I have that is so incredible is, the more important a call or action is to our soul's evolution, the more resistance we will feel toward pursuing it. That is the part that is like disappointment, where I was saying disappointment is opportunity for clarity and for communication. And resistance is an opportunity to find your priorities and what's important and find your why and find your big picture. It's something that really will keep coming up. It's relentless. It will not stop no matter what you say to it, no matter how hard you try, right? The more often that you push through it and you find the tools and the ways to ignore it and to recognize it, to see it for what it is, the less power it has over you. It's the most powerful at the finish line. That's the point he made here that was also really poignant to me. That happens to me a lot where I'll be, I'll spend hours on an offering, for example, like a group healing or something. And I'll spend hours like doing the images for it, the graphics, setting it out, coming up with a theme. I'll be all into it. I'll spend all the time. And then when it comes time to actually share it or talk about it or post it or whatever it is, that's like the finishing thing. I then am like all of a sudden questioning it and all the fears come up. And sometimes it, well, a lot of times it doesn't come to the surface. Even if I'm like, I know this would be so healing for people. People would love this. I would feel so good if I did this. I feel like it's so different from what other people are doing. So impactful. And then it never gets put into the world. This is also like very tied to self-sabotage. He says here that it recruits allies. So resistance will like kind of like pull in other people. And so when you have those people that say that you're changing or that they're really upset with how you are changing in a direction that doesn't maybe meet their expectations, again, maybe they're disappointed. And to keep in mind that they're just struggling against their own resistance to growth. They're seeing that you can do something and they're like, if she can beat this, why can't I? The next quote is, the best and only thing that one artist can do for another is to serve as an example and an inspiration. It's a sign that you're on the right track and that you should just keep doing it. Because the other part of this is procrastination, where we keep putting things off till tomorrow and then it becomes a habit. And then it just stays with us and it becomes the comforting thing. And the next quote that I wrote down is related to what I've been saying around the fact that there's never a time when you can't try again or that you can't be re-inspired. It says, there never was a moment and never will be when we are without the power to alter our destiny. This second, we can turn the tables on resistance. And that is so powerful 
to me that we always have this power to change. So we don't have to listen to the saboteurs around us. We don't have to listen to this power within us. We can see it. It's never going to go away. It's unrealistic to think that the ego or resistance are just going to be beaten once and for all. But if we can really tune into that desire to change and to have this higher purpose for our lives, it can be something that we keep showing up in new and powerful ways for. He then talks about how this is under a section with symptoms, and he talks about how we can get into these self-medication times where it's like sex, getting into trouble, creating drama, all of these things that are distractions, and how we can even sometimes be attracted to like a partner who either has overcome their resistance and then we just see that they are more worthy and we keep supporting them and getting the feeling that we're receiving it through them. And this came up in the artist's way around being a shadow artist, how you are attracted to people who are doing the thing that you actually secretly want to do. The other side of it is that sometimes we're attracted to someone who is threatened by us being the one who is resisting it. And they have some sort of resentment around being the one to support us. And that can make us feel bad about it and then slowly dim ourselves. So I think that's something that we need to keep in mind too, is the people around us paying attention to how they react when we do start making these internal revolutions, as he calls it. He then has a section where he's talking about fundamentalism and how we're at a point now where we have so much freedom that, like, for example, the artists, he say he says, are like the advanced model of existence where there's enough excess resource and there's like this luxury of self-examination. And he kind of makes the point that we've gone really far into the freedom of focusing on the individual and how we're really not wired as humans to be super individual. We want to be part of a community. What he's saying is that the fundamentalist view is that humanity has fallen and that we have to go back to the past and retreat to the past. And that this comes from feeling powerless when you're cut away from a structure. And if they can't find a way to thrive in that freedom to be able to self-express and do all these things if people feel like they're failing and they aren't able to participate in that then there's a fear and the temptation to sin is like their i guess resistance it's their version of resistance right whereas like as an artist or a creative or an individual who is seeking freedom resistance to fulfilling your purpose is like that sin there's not anything to fear with this ability to express and to have freedom because we can still act in community without having to give up our freedoms. And then he talks about how kind of the middle point there is the humanist because humanism in his definition is when individuals co-create with God, source, the universe, whatever. But it's this idea that it's an evolution for everyone. It's pro progress for everyone. That when you're 
creating what you're meant to create on this earth, you're actually fulfilling your role in the bigger picture for the collective. And what he says next was, uh, I quoted this because it feels very much like life right now, but he says, when fundamentalism wins, the world enters a dark age. And that's where I feel like a lot of the things we've covered in other episodes around what's happening in the news with people's freedoms being taken away and they're making it seem like it's a way of returning to this great past where things were better but it is just this fear of them not knowing how to participate in a collective future where everyone contributes through their expression of the divine and that you don't have to create rules that there's not one set of rules that are going to support everyone in their own individual freedom that's not going to happen like religion in general it can be a choice for people who don't feel safe in this like open freedom right like what i was saying about how he sees fundamentalists where when artists and creative people and people who are co-creating with the divine and just following their own individual path and creating something that they believe is going to contribute to the collective, when people don't feel like that is enough structure for them, then religion is something to turn to. And I think that is totally valid and that people can make that choice. And I think that it offers a beautiful middle ground for some people where they still will follow their own path, but they do feel like they have that structure. But I think it's just knowing that it's okay to acknowledge that some people do fall under the fundamentalism umbrella and to recognize that it's their fear of not being able to fulfill what their mission is within this freedom. He goes on to talk about, like, again, bringing back the point that the degree of fear and self-doubt that you're feeling is very in proportion to the strength of your calling, right? How much you care about it. When you're really doubting yourself and you're questioning things, that just means that you care very deeply and that you have this big aspiration for what you want to do. When we go back to this topic of like being the individual that like we do need some time with of isolation, but to remember we're not alone when we have the muse because like time flies when you're really in the flow and it can feel really lonely being on a path that doesn't feel like it's necessarily connected to everyone else's but the magical thing that happens is at least in my experience the more you follow your individual path the more you meet up with people who do connect to your purpose if you think of like myself i just started being more curious about spirituality and learning more about what I have as gifts and what inspires me. I found Danielle's podcast. I kept doing my own thing. I joined the collective because that felt really inspiring. And now I'm working with her to contribute to that space. But it also makes it so that I'm immersed in a community where everyone is living their purpose. And I found people to collaborate with like Emily and Danielle, right? So I think there is this part of it where it feels really lonely for a while when you're starting out. But as long as you keep following that muse, he does talk about the muse a lot, you will 
get onto the path where you reconnect with people. There is never a future. I don't think there's ever an outcome when you follow your path that makes you more lonely at the end. It starts out that way, but it doesn't end that way. I don't believe that. I believe that we all are coming back to the collective and that this co-creation is a way to bring us back together. We are all healing and connecting with one another is a healing thing. He actually does talk about healing in this section and how we think that we need to completely do all of our healing before we can move forward. But choosing the path and choosing to prioritize what you want to create actually is part of the healing. It works simultaneously. And I think we have to keep that in mind that when we're at the depths of like a rock, rock bottom, we might not be able to be inspired that way. When you're doing your healing work, if you get to a point where it's draining you <laughs> and it's feeling exhausting to be like, I feel like I'm not done yet. I need to do more healing. And it's feeling more like an obligation or something that's draining you, that maybe it's time to just start trying to do the thing a little bit. Sometimes the healing is part of the resistance, right? Like we can say, okay, it feels productive to do this healing work, but if we haven't come back out to see what the difference is, right? You go, you do some healing, and then you come back to your work. You come back to the creative process and see how you've changed. And a lot of times you do more work internally than you realize. Like when I was talking about like the emotional work that you do, when you come out of that, you don't realize you're a different person. I talked about this in the disappointment episode. And so don't let yourself get too focused on the healing if it means that you're moving further away from the goal. And he says this also is the same with workshops and the idea of needing support. Sometimes we rely too much on that. We keep taking more and more workshops and finding more and more people to talk to about the thing instead of doing the thing. So he actually talks about how like you're never going to feel ready. And by doing that, by tying your ability to move forward to someone else or to the next workshop, you're actually keeping yourself on the dock. We think that it's the wind in our sails. We think it's what's going to move us forward. But what's going to move us forward is like just the creative energy that flows through us once we actually leave the dock and set sail. Rationalization is the most evil part of resistance. It makes it very legitimate. Like it brings up legitimate points of like why we maybe shouldn't move forward right now. But this is where the disappointment thing comes back where it's like, yes, we might disappoint some people. We may have to make choices that don't feel like they make sense in the moment. But if you know that you have to move forward, you have to pick the point, right? It goes back to that. You have to know that at any point you can make the change, even if you've gone really far into a new career, let's say. And then you're like, you know what? No, I still want to go back to this dream. It's still okay to do that. There's never a point where you're stuck in your choices but it like brings up all of these lies that it tells us that we believe because they seem so legitimate right they sound like they're coming from a place of safety which sometimes they are right like our ego is designed to keep us safe so we don't totally fall on our bases but once in a while we do have to take a risk so we all are here for a reason he talks about when like someone is really getting really close to giving birth, it seems impossible at that time. I obviously can't speak from experience, but it's this thing where you're like, how is this actually going to happen? How am I going to 
have a human come out of me. But then it goes back to that, like the resistance being the most at the end before you complete something. That's when it's the scariest. He says, we're all here because of birth. So obviously it's not impossible. But when you're in that moment, it seems impossible. So just to keep that in mind. I'm going to leave it there for this episode because we have two more books to cover. But I hope that this resonated with you. Just keep in mind that it's never too late. That's a big thing with this one. Being able to recognize resistance when it comes up and then knowing that you can keep trying and that you can choose any particular moment in your life to shift directions. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs. Or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.